What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the final bonus off-season episode of Wannabe Walk-Ons, a Nebraska football and craft beer podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by my co-host Drew. Thanks Ben. Each episode during the Nebraska football season, Ben and I sample beers both local and beyond while sharing our unique brand of Husker Insight. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Wannabe Walk-Ons for the most up-to-date show information. And please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform or stream each episode on wannabewalkons.com. New episodes drop during the Nebraska football season every Tuesday at 11 a.m. On this week's episode, Ben and I are excited to interview the brewmaster for Norfolk, Nebraska's very own Divots Brewery, Mr. Jeremy Kirby, for a conversation on all things beer. I'm Drew. And I'm Ben. And this is Wannabe Walk-Ons. everyone well welcome to this very special episode of wannabe walk-ons one of our off-season episodes drew can you please fill everyone in on on where we are and what we've been up to yeah absolutely so we're either in we're in norfolk or norfolk we're not sure you're gonna that's one of the questions coming up for uh jeremy here we're gonna find out the answer to that one but we're uh we're at divots brewery uh we've been working on uh i shouldn't say we've been working jeremy's been working on making a beer um, we've kind of like helped, you know, with the process and got to see the whole brew process. But we, uh, yeah, we're doing a little collab here, which I'm excited about. It's almost like Absolutely. a dream come true for me. So yeah, we've been working on a collaboration beer with with Divots Brewery. Um, we're recording a podcast on a canning line. Literally, our equipment right, yeah. is set up on a canning <laughs> line, which is insane. Um, and we've got Jeremy Kirby here as a very special guest. So I'm going to give you guys a quick introduction to Jeremy, and then uh, we're going to have a conversation with him about beer. Jeremy Kirby is an award-winning brewer with numerous bronze, silver, and gold medal beers under his belt. He's a 15-year professional brewing veteran responsible for the success of not one, but two Nebraska breweries. Where a classically trained Shakespearean actor would have studied at the Globe, the classically trained Mr. Kirby received his brewing certification in Berlin, Germany. Since December of 2016, Jeremy has cemented himself as a staple in the northeastern Nebraska brewing scene as the brewmaster at Divots Brewery in Norfolk, Nebraska. We are very excited to have on our show Mr. Jeremy Kirby. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining yeah, thanks us. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for coming. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. And Jeremy, can you tell us about yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do here, and, and before we get into beer, some hobbies of yours, what, what you're up to outside of the brewery. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I've just, uh, like you said, I've been brewing professionally for 15 and uh, home brewing for another eight, eight uh, before that. And uh Never thought I'd be where I am today. It's I always people will ask me how I got where I am, and I say it's been a long line of bad decisions, <laughs> kind of you know. But uh, 
um, no, it's it's great. Um, kind of like you said, uh, Drew. It's kind of a dream come true to to be able to make beer and be part of this historic beverage. And and uh, yeah, so grew up in the area, uh, moved around a lot. Now I'm back and making beer. Nice. What was that first bad decision that got you into brewing? Then well, I blame my wife. Actually, <laughs> um, she's not going to hear this, right? She That's up to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, those guys never showed up, and yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry it took me so long to get home. No, uh, you know, we moved out to California to go to college, and in the back of the granny flat where we were living was a like a 60-year-old grapevine, so my wife wanted to make wine. And I said, all right, you know, who am I to stop your dreams? So we went down to the home beer, wine, and cheese-making shop in L.A., uh, one of the oldest shops in, in the U.S., and I uh, bought some wine-making equipment. So we came home, squished the grapes up, measured out the sugar, did all that. I got to the end of the directions, and it said, wait one year. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm pretty thirsty right now. So we went back down uh, and got, I saw that you, had, you could get some beer stuff. And it's kind of the same stuff. You know, you got your bucket, you got your uh, certain tools. So we um, went back down, and I started making beer. Um, and I wasn't really even a craft beer guy. I wasn't even a beer guy. I was kind of, we drank uh, Pacificos and, and Rolling Rocks, you know, yeah. and thought we were pretty fancy. So, um, yeah, so I actually got into it kind of backwards. So I learned to love different styles of beer while making them instead of, like, exploring all the world and then jumping in. So huh. yeah. a little bit of a backwards uh, way to do it. But, you know, uh, my wife and I both grew uh, into loving beer together. So it's kind of a hobby we share. And um, she's we've followed each other around the states and in the world and in pursuit of good beer. And um, so that's what got me here today. Yeah, so speaking of traveling the world, um in your introduction, we mentioned that you got your beer certification in, in Germany. What what led you to getting that there, uh, as opposed to some of the other opportunities that may have been around the States, and, and how did that come about? Well, we have a, I have a, uh, actually an English degree, so that doesn't get you into too many scientific uh, majors. So there's a couple uh, schools in the States. This is back in, you know, 15 years ago, so it's been, it's different now. Uh, there was UC Davis in Davis, California, and that one took that one had like two years of prerequisites to get in, uh, science prerequisites. Um, there's a, there was the Siebel Institute, which is one of the oldest brewing schools in the world. That's in Chicago. Um, that was a, that was an option, and then there was uh, the uh, there was something up in New England. It was mostly online, and uh, before online was cool, and um, and then you did like a month internship somewhere. So. So we looked at those, and then we started looking overseas, and there's like some couple ones in England and uh, a couple in Germany, uh, Weinstefaner, and I butchered the pronunciation of that, sorry. And then the VLB, Verzuchen and Lernstadt for Brauerei in, in Berlin. And uh, we did the math, and for the same cost of going to Siebel for six weeks and living in like a, a, you know, a hostel, we could fly to Berlin, uh, get, a, get an apartment, and go to school for five months so i mean it wasn't it wasn't a total break-even deal but sure. for a little you know for a little bit extra you're vacationing in europe for for six months so uh it was a no-brainer at that point so that's what we decided luckily we didn't have any kids or or much debt at that time so we just kind of like we quit our jobs and worked did construction with my wife's dad um so i always tell people i i paid for my schooling with uh crawling on my knees for 10 miles putting in baseboard you know because we did apartments and we did carpentry so yeah uh yeah so that's kind of how we got to germany that's awesome yeah and what brought you back then to norfolk nebraska 
Well, uh, the job opened up. You know, I've been, I, I, right out of school, I got a job in Durango, Colorado, and then, uh, you know, uh, assistant, and then I wanted to move up. So I actually did a little bit of an internship, internment in, uh, in, intern, ah, anyways, at uh, Columbus, <laughs> Nebraska. So I had a friend that was brewing there at the time. Uh, so when, when he left that job, he told me, you know, hey, I'm leaving if you want this. And the, and the owner was into it. So I moved there. That was kind of my first foray into sink or swim brewing because I was the only guy. I mean, uh, the whole the whole show. Wow. Beer-wise, anyways. Not food, of course. But uh, So I worked there until I uh, kind of felt um, I wanted to either go to the next level with this company or not. And he wasn't ready to. So then I started looking. And then we went to Virginia for five years. And I built a brewery from the ground up. We were distributing in three states. Um, and that kind of dried up, too, right when Donna here uh, lost her brewer slash cook. And so she called me looking to see if I knew anybody because she knew my family. She was from Battle Creek where I went to high school. And uh, so she she said, uh, yeah, do you know anybody? And I said, well, you know me, maybe, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, we got kids that were, you know, about the age where you want free babysitters and my mom lives around here and uh sarah my wife's parents live around here so uh and my dad and uh so it was no brainer moved back and it's been a great community and i've always felt safe in north fork I, you know you go out but then you get back and you're just kind of like feel like okay i can take let my hair down and yeah. and, and do me mm-hmm. well can you help us then settle a bet as, as to the pronunciation of the the town we are currently in it's, and this isn't just a bet between like drew and i like We've had arguments with our wives about how this is supposed to be pronounced. And now you've you've lived in a state where there is another one of these towns as well. How do you pronounce the town that we are currently in? Well, first of all, your wife's always right, right? So how does she pronounce it? She says Norfolk. No, that's wrong. See? So okay, sorry. thank you. That's not my wife, I guess. So I can say that. But yeah. uh, no, it's it's a long-running joke, and we know we're kind of the, the butt of it. But um, when they sent this, uh, when they when they wanted to make a post office here, they sent their paperwork into the Omaha or whatever, wherever they did the the head of the, and they wanted it was supposed to be North Fork, uh, Nebraska, because this is the North Fork of the Elkhorn River out here. Right. So they're like, oh no, they got it wrong. That's not, of course, that's not what they wanted. So they changed it on paper at the post office to to Norfolk or Nor- Norfolk. And so uh, I don't know why we still call it that, but it's just the way you know, it's just the way you raise. Yeah. It's it's like calling pa, you know what should be Papillon Papillion. Yeah. It's Kearney is Carney. Yeah. And this <laughs> goddamn it we're in Norfolk. Exactly. Like Norfolk, yeah. yeah. Hard R. Hard yeah. R. So there we go. That, okay, cool. That I'm just gonna have to like change everything I've ever known because I do like <laughs> naturally I just revert to Norfolk. I yeah. know it's Norfolk, right? Yeah. I know that's the right way to say it. But I yeah, it's just ingrained in my brain. Did you did you have trouble then in Virginia where there is a, a Norfolk? No, because they say it even weirder than that. Yeah. Uh, it's an Norfolk or something like <laughs> no. that. You know, you that's, get out there and it's not fucking it's, offensive yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's different. Uh, Virginia's great, but yeah, I never, I don't know if I ever made it to Norfolk out, Norfolk out there. Uh, but yeah, but we embrace it here. We actually have a music and art festival called the Fork Fest. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. so we, you know, we know we're in on the joke, but it's just, you know, I, I think there's beauty to that. I think there's beauty in those colloquial and those regional pronunciations. Yeah. Yep. And I also think there's beauty in me being right. Yeah, so I'll take it. <laughs> All right, double double win. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get back to let's get back to talking about something that I actually know a little bit, which is brewing beer. Um, something that Jeremy, you obviously know a lot about. Um, I kind of want to talk about your brewing philosophy. 
Um, so what we did, we brewed a uh, beer that we're calling Triple Option, and that's based on the hops that we used with the Triple Pearl there. Um, it's a pale ale, but when you're looking at like a new beer and what you want to brew, what, what do you? What's that process like? What are you thinking? Um, you know, do you have something? Like, I, I, do you have a process that you follow every time? Or are you trying to like look for experimental stuff, or just walk us through that if you could, please? All right. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a uh, history buff, uh, not a knowledgeable one, but I enjoy reading about it, and I enjoy uh, the history of beer and, and w- where it evolved from in different areas and how it different evolved. And you know, there's not too many until recent years. There's not too many um, invented styles of beer. They just kind of became what they are because of local sort ingredients, local water, local hops, what you had, and, and what tasted good. So, if uh, in in England they made a, a dark uh, beer and a light beer and the dark beer tasted better than the light beer, then they would probably do uh, mostly dark beers. Or, you know, it just kind of evolved, and so I like that. Um, so that's, you know, I'm a style guy. I go back and kind of look at the style list and, and uh, see what I want to make. And then I always explain um, styles of beer as, like, kinds of soup. Uh, you know, everybody knows what chicken soup is. Your mom, Drew, might make it different than uh, Ben's mom. My mom makes it way different. But we could all agree that all three of them are probably chicken soups. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I approach a style of beer, you know, and that's how and that's kind of what they are. You know, they're a, they're a, a uh, measurement of certain parameters and, and certain ingredients are included. And then from there, you can really play. And of course, these days now uh, you can cross over, blend uh, different styles and kind of make your own. Um, but at the end of the day, when I go to a brewery and I see a beer, I kind of want to know what I'm in for. You know, I don't want to yeah. n- order a beer just off the name. Cause I don't even know what, it, what I'm going to get, you know? Sure. So right. I'm a little old school in that way, but, uh, so I, what I do is I find my style, I find my parameters, and then I do a lot of research on what some of the ones I look up to done. And so uh, not really copycat, but get inspiration. And then I take what I have on hand and kind of adapt it to that. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we do. And then you roll the dice and, and make it and see if it turns out and, mm-hmm. Um, usually make something passable, but once in a while you hit it out of the park, and then you're like, well, I guess I better make that again. You know? <laughs> I, I think one of the things that Divitz does so well and that, that Jeremy, you and, and your uh, your assistant brewer do incredibly well is you do make those base beers that really sing, and then the layers you add on top of them aren't necessarily trying to compete with that base beer. They're allowing different notes and things like that. Donna's Raspberry Pills, we've talked about this beer so often on our podcast. It's one of our favorites that we've had across the state of Nebraska and if it didn't have a great beer as a backbone, the additions don't stand up to it. So those, those style parameters and really having an appreciation for the classics is, is I think, what makes your beer so great. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah and, and we, we got to sample a few more uh, you know, of, of your beers here today. Have, um, you, been, have you been drinking? Oh, yeah, a little oh, bit. Yeah. I don't know Just if you can tell or not. Yeah. I thought we were working. So, <laughs> no, we were yeah, doing both. both, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, you can't do one without no. the other. You got two hands for yeah. a reason. <laughs> But but uh, the poor farm porter, you've you've put some spins on that one. You've got coconut here on tap and a mocha one as well. And that yeah. I got to try that coconut, and that is just I mean that's something else. Yeah. That's that's one of those you knock it out of the park. Yeah, and then some. So yeah, we got um, a lot of uh, people that don't like dark beer, and I said, well, do you like candy bars? Yeah. All right, try this. It tastes like a Mounds Bar. And, yeah. And they're always shocked, man. It's pretty. It, yeah, and it's it it hits it where it's. You know, when a lot of times you get those those flavored beers, and it's very cloyingly sweet or yeah. almost syrupy. And this is just this is a great beer, and it's got that coconut flavor that just melds right into it. And and, and it and it's an attest, a testament too to what you guys do and kind of how you believe in that. When 
for our listeners, when Jeremy took us on a tour earlier in the day today, he showed us the stockpile of real coconut. You know, it's not like a, <laughs> yeah. it's not syrups, it's not artificial flavorings, it's nothing fake that's actually going into these beers. So, you know, beer's made from real natural ingredients, and then when you add fake to it, it, it does, it changes it, Drew, like you mm. said, into something cloyingly sweet and, and not really worth the extra dollar or the extra effort, but when you put real ingredients on top of real ingredients, and they just sing, and that coconut, that, that could stand up against anything. That was yeah. fantastic. Keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of the, uh, the tour and, and being here kind of throughout the day, we had an opportunity to chat with some locals as well who came in for, for some drinks and uh, sold our podcast to, to <laughs> some other people and said, hey, you know, you got to tune in and listen. But <laughs> as far as the community that you have here, why is a place like a Divots, why, why is having a brewery in a, lo- in a town so important to the community? I mean, why, why do these places matter? Uh, you know, it's a gathering place, and you can say that about, uh, you know, a lot of drinking watering holes, you know. Um, I think breweries are different because people have at least one more layer of interest, and they have an interest in craft beer, you know. They're interested, and craft beer brings on exploring people, you know, they, uh, people that are looking for something, uh, you know, just over the horizon. They're not satisfied with what's right in front of them, and so... I've got a great group of locals, and it's funny because I don't know if Diffitz was here, if they would even hang out, you know, but they've got that, they've got that beer uh, together. But they all come from different walks of life, and it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch. And, and uh, I always joke around when, um, you know, when I come to a new town for a new job, I don't even need to look for friends because they're always, you know, waiting for me at the bar, and those are the people I kind of bond with. So um, I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I like the guys at the bar, you know. But... Um, it's it's a yeah it's it's kind of cool and locals you know they've really kept the lights on here and and we try to uh we try to um you know they they throw beers at us and we say why not you know and i've got some uh ones are named after some of these guys and it's you know they never asked for that but it's always kind of funny or if someone you know someone had my cream ale which is called high cotton cream ale and uh he tried it for the first time and i was kind of on my computer and he says mmm cotton candy and I t- kind of turn, I did, the, you know, the spit take. And I'm like, are you getting seriously getting cotton candy flavor from that? Because if it, something's wrong. And uh, he's like, no, that's what it's called, right? And then the untapped came around again. And he's like, oh, I mean, high cotton. And I'm like, okay. Well, then, like, the next week we made a, uh, we made a cotton candy uh, beer out of it. So we took that and added some, like, flavors of blueberry and, and vanilla. Or not blueberry, but uh, I think it was cherry and vanilla. And we call it, you know, Higgy's. Uh, cherry vanilla cotton candy you know yeah high cotton ale or whatever and man he got a kick out of that and um and that's just something you know inspiration is wherever you get it you know so. yeah sure yeah well, i would say one of the gals we were talking to was mentioning she's like yeah i kept, I kept telling him put cucumber put cucumber yeah. in this yep. and here we've got a cucumber colch you know yeah. in a bright tank it's that, called cruise night and that's yeah. their last name cruise yeah. oh, oh nice. nice oh it's perfect yeah, yeah. so that's really exciting yeah, it's just a different element right when you're yeah in this, it's in a give and take and uh you're not just singing to yourself, you know, you, you, you kind of, uh, you know, the echo comes back, what, you know, good, what you did good. What you, I rely on these guys to tell me, you know, if it's good. And they'll never tell me it's bad, but I can tell the difference between, oh, okay, this is good, and then this is awesome, you need to make this again. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I really, it's a, it's a give and take, definitely. There's, there's definitely something to be said, too, like when we were having our conversations and timers are going off to put hops into the, the boil and they're not letting us walk away because yeah. they want to keep, you know, hyping yeah. up the beer and keep telling us how great it is. And we're like, yeah, we know we've been drinking it all morning. <laughs> yeah. And we, we drove the two hours to come be here and hang out. And, and yeah, you've just, you've got a really nice thing going. The community seems to love it and it's only going to grow from there once people start tasting the beer and going on that route. Yeah. 
Um, so you and you've been involved with a few communities. Um, you know, a couple here in Nebraska. You were in Virginia. Um, now you now being here at Divots. Um, what are some of the ex- unexpected challenges of you know running a brewery from just a business perspective? Uh, you know, um, I you know I just kind of make beer, and I've had a pretty uh, pretty easy go. I mean, the owner here knew we had an uphill battle mm-hmm. uh, of uh, get selling craft beer in Norfolk, Nebraska, and I kind of thrive in that area. I pretty make pretty easy, approachable, drinkable beers. Nothing's, you know, too. Co- I do I do some other on the other end for, for some folks, but I'm I'm out here to convert the masses. You know, yeah. this is bush light country. Uh, through and through so uh, she gave me the time and and she had the patience to let me kind of do my thing and I did the best that I could and and it's grown we went from uh, you know when I got here I think 12% of the beers that we sold on tap across the street at the at the old uh, place were mine and then when I by the time we moved out of there it was like 75 to 80% of the beers yeah yeah. so people really you know and I've got and I owe, owe it to the locals and my my family, you know, they're always hyping wherever they go. You know, they're bringing people here. My dad's taking beers of mine to wherever he goes, and and it's fun. To, I really get a joy out of um, watching people's eyes open up to what craft beer can be without having to be beat over the head with it. You know, yeah. I was able to let them grow naturally, organically. You know, yeah, which is great that you had that that ability to, yeah. you know, yeah, kind of find your own footing. And again, like probably relay a lot with people, see what they like, see yeah. what's working well, and and then evolve from there. I think that with distributing being what it is now and, and you guys having cans out in Omaha, um, people plucking them off the shelves. I think that's going to also help. I mean, that's going to help you guys a lot, obviously, yeah, right? So. It's, it's a, um, as somebody who buys a lot of local beer, you know, I'll, I'll go to the, the supermarket and I'll look around for something new local. And it has been so hard. Eventually, you know, you run out of beers, but then, uh, just the other day I, I spotted <laughs> divots and it blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, divots finally. Um, and I had to grab them all. So, you know, I think uh, you're putting yourself out there now, and I think that's going to help a lot. And hopefully that also draws people out here to Norfolk um, to get the whole experience, you know, everything you've got on tap, everything that they've got here going to the event center. So, Yeah, it's a different kind of customer. You know, the, a draft beer drinker, a lot of those guys are on a mission to try a different, you know. But when you're going across, you know, into your grocery store, do most of your drinking at home, it's, it's a different, different whole group of people in my mind. Yeah, yeah I, like I said earlier too. Once people start getting a hold of like Donna's and and your hot your hazy IPA, you're gonna have fans, and people are gonna start making the pilgrimage to come out here. And it's it's a beautiful drive. It's nice. It's hilly. It's there's something to look at. It's not driving down I-80 trying to find, you know, Lincoln or Grand Island or something like that. Like there's there's stuff to do, stuff to to enjoy on that journey out here. So yeah. I think yeah. you're gonna see some of those folks coming out. Drove down there yesterday and back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> I know the ride. So. Brewers are, are like fingerprints, right, where each one is unique, and each mm-hmm. one picks up something along the way from each of their stops. And you've had stops in Colorado, Nebraska, Virginia, Germany, and you're someone who, in our conversations earlier today, said that you, you love to travel and kind of experience. How, how would you describe your fingerprint? Like, how would you describe the things you've picked up, or are there things that you're like, oh, I got this from here that are wholly unique now to how I brew here? Yeah, you know... I've always been a guy that kind of uh, adapts to my surroundings, and so I also adapt to the people that I, I, I work with daily. So almost everyone I've worked with has taught me a lot. You know, my first, like I was telling you guys earlier, you get out of school and, and you think you know everything, but all you know is theory, and then you get your ass handed to you. Um, is this a PG show or is this You can a, say whatever can the say fuck what you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's right. always our response. <laughs> say whatever the nor fuck you want. Yeah, all right. 
It's the Norfolk. Oh. <laughs> I was pronouncing it the Virginian way. <laughs> okay. right. Now, nah, fuck. So, yeah, you know, he, he was, he, he, he's the one that taught me how to brew, even though I'd been home brewing for eight years and, and went to brewing school. Uh, he never had the option to go into brew school, so uh, it was pretty, but he knew so much, and he taught me even how to hook up these pump loops and stuff you guys have seen me doing today. That's not stuff they teach in school. They teach you uh, molecular biology and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So um, I got a, a lot of stuff from him, and then my second job, I was kind of on my own, but I learned a lot from the kitchen staff there, and we kind of worked together. To, that's where I started doing beer dinners, and so I kind of started, that, that came into my uh, kind of my realm, and and so I was always thinking about food and pairing with that. And then I went out to Virginia and I, I thought uh, I was with a real business guy, you know, kind of a cutthroat business guy partner. And um, he, he taught me a lot about that kind of world. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a sheltered in that. You know, I'm not a business guy. I'm not a numbers guy. Uh, and, and then I get back here and I've learned so much from Donna about how to be, um, how to, how to be a member of the community that you, that you serve. And, and she was, we had a ribbon cutting here the other day and she was talking about our motto and it's to like, to serve our guests, you know, to love and serve our guests. That She, she picked it up in church one day and, and kind of uh, segued that to her business. And that's what she does. She's a hotel owner and a restaurant owner and you come to us and you, you shouldn't have to worry about anything, right? You can eat, eat, just sleep, you can sleep. So I, like I said, every, my whole life, I think I've, I've been picking up, uh, little habits from people that I see and I admire and I'm like, well, I'm going to try to do that. And so, uh, you know, whether it's beer related or not, it's just kind of, it's the way life is, you know? Yeah. Do you think with your, with the footprint of divots expanding now, do you think that that's going to change the way that you approach beer? Are you going to look at it as, okay, how can I find the beer that's going to reach the masses? Or do you think it's going to kind of stay for you more of that local approach, that organic growth? Well, I'm going to beer, brew the beers I beer, uh, Brew the beers. <laughs> I brew the first uh, the first year, uh, and I've got a list of seasonals, and I know already that that's not going to be my list of seasonals next year. You know, I'm kind of throwing out my heavy hitters, and then a few of my favorites that I wish were heavy hitters. You know, that haven't hit on yet. So um, I'm just going to kind of roll the dice, and and I'm I, like I said, I'm adaptable. So I, I want to make you know, I, I want to make Donna her money back, and I want to make people appreciate the beer here. And uh, if what I'm if they're not picking up what I'm laying down, then why keep laying it down? You know, I can, I can, it's not a hill I want to die on, you know, I'll just, I'm definitely flexible, you know, I'll, I'll go down a different road that maybe I've never been down before. Maybe one of our small batches, maybe it'll be a triple action, uh, uh, in cans in a couple of years, you know, who knows? Hey, so might be the one that takes off. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Hey, that's totally fine. No royalties, though. They're so <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. So this is the last question for you. And you told us during the, the brewing process, you're not a huge sports fan. But we have to ask one sports question, sure. and it's a beer-related sports question. Okay. So we think that you are wholly, wholly adequate to answer this question for us. So recently, Athletic Director Trev Albert sent out a survey for Nebraska football fans regarding facility upgrades. And on that survey was whether or not you would be interested in alcohol sold at Memorial Stadium on game day. If Nebraska were to move forward with Operation No-Brainer and reached out to you to brew a beer for Husker fans, what would be the beer that you would want to make that would go out to the masses? That would be the Nebraska craft beer for the games. You know, you got to do something red, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I always thought I'd do, I thought when I came back, I thought I'm going to do a big red ale, you know. And, uh, 
and, and I thought, oh, I'll get a cease and desist or whatever. So, so I've been playing around. When I did come back, I had a friend of mine's dad say, you need to make a beer called Red Zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll sell like crazy during football. So I actually, actually do do that. That's my Vienna lager. So I think that's a pretty good approachable beer. That was my flagship out in Virginia, uh, something similar. Um, I would go something easy, a lager, you know, like I said, do the masses. Um, it's still a good beer. It's interesting. It's not just bubbly, alcoholic water. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's probably what would be my first try. You know, nice. I know there's a couple beers out there these days that kind of skirt the, you know, I think Zipline's got the good old Nebraska brew and yeah. Uh, yeah. Infusion's got their red shirts. Or yeah, something. there's a Hill Varsity out there. I yeah. Think. yeah. Or Hill Varsity. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just tiptoeing on that. They're all getting yeah. there. Okay. So. We don't want to pay for a trademark, but... <laughs> Yeah, we do want the money that would come from it. Oh. Well, yeah. speaking of reds, I know you got you got Molly's Irish Red. Yep, yep, and that's available in the can too. So yeah, that's one of our first seasonals that we mm-hmm. uh, we canned, and that's one of my favorites. I've got that on my kegerator at home right now, and it's like a six percent, you know, easy drinking beer, and which uh, for better for worse, you know. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's one of our favorites, and and I don't know, I kind of like them all, you know. That's my problem. Yeah. I think you've got a real nice slew of red beers. Like raspberries are red. Donna's Reds would sell like crazy. Yeah. The, the the red ale would sell. The red zone would sell. I think Husker fans would find a lot to like here if they're not quote-unquote craft beer drinkers, but they yeah. want that local beer. I think Divots would deliver incredibly well out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. We try to. You know, we got a lot of Husker fans around here, so we oh, can yeah. ask a few, uh, you know, what do you want me to make? So yeah. uh, so always take it to the streets. There you go. Well, Jeremy, we want to thank you again for inviting us out, letting us work on this collaboration beer. In the in the coming month and a half or so, we're going to figure out how to launch this beer and, and come up with a really awesome plan. But for all of our listeners, Divots is such an incredible spot to come visit. They've got the inn and suites next door, so you can stay the night, walk to the tap room, have your fun. They've got mini golf. They've got restaurants with prime rib on the menu every night. You don't have to wait for Friday, Saturday. Yeah, they got tons of food trucks in Norfolk. Yeah, apparently. we had the best had Mexican really food for one, lunch. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, Jeremy, just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate yeah, your it's hospitality. A dream. It's a dream. I know it says you working on, on your day off, but for us, it, it really is a dream come true. So we, we appreciate that. Hey, man. Appreciate you guys coming us. up and the support. And uh, let's do it again next year. You know, if this is a big hit, we'll just make it a yearly deal. I like how you do I'm that. I'm not going to say that. this is a big hit. probably good to head your bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you. So that does it for this episode. We want to give a very special thank you to Mr. Jeremy Kirby and Divots Brewery for playing host to us this weekend. If you'd like to learn more about Divots, you can visit divotsbrewery.com and just visit the brewery. We also want to thank everyone who tuned into this week's episode. If you have anyone who you think would enjoy a listen, we would truly appreciate your recommendation. Remember to do your part. Drink local beer wherever you are. If you have any breweries you would like us to sample on the show, visit wannabewalkons.com to submit your recommendation. Don't forget to follow us on social media at wannabewalkons for updates on when and where to find the Divots plus Wannabe Walk-On collaboration beer. And finally, please subscribe to the Wannabe Walk-Ons podcast through your favorite podcast platform. Season 2 premieres on July 19th with new episodes dropping every Tuesday at 11 a.m. through the Nebraska football season. Thanks again for listening, and as always, drink Big Red. Drink Big Red.